now women were reporting across the country that they were repeatedly asked, take off your mask so I can see how cute you are before I decide how much to tip you. Take off your mask so I can see the pretty face of my server before I decide how much I want to tip. Take off your mask. I want to stick my tongue down your throat. Take off your mask. Take off your mask. I mean, we heard it so pervasively. We ended up coining a phrase for it. We call it masculine harassment. is going on everybody welcome to another episode of the bituation room podcast live stream how's it hanging folks uh yeah you don't ever hear how's it hanging much you know i feel like people don't think it's classy but it is super classy that's what i want to know you know how your boobies feel i know it's about balls but i'm switching the script Flipping the script. Um, what's going on, guys? So glad to have you here. So thank you for pressing play, for uh, you know, being here live. If you're here live, for being here in the future. If you're in the future, just you know, flossing your teeth. Very good. Good for you. If you're you know, like waxing the stash, I feel you. You know, what's your preferred method to do so? Uh, really, really great to have you here because we've got a great show. The show is going to be amazing. We have comedian Jenna Friedman. In the Bituation Room, uh, we have organizer with the One Fair Wage campaign trying to eliminate the tipped wage worker. Not worker, but working for tipped wages. You know what I'm saying. Saru Jayaraman is here. Super pumped to talk to her about what it's been like for restaurant workers in this time of COVID-19, of the pandemic. Are they essential? Really? Okay. Can we get more paid time off for them then? Um, so if you're here on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and to uh, share the stream right now. If you're on Twitch, sup. Thank you so much for subscribing, for following, for being part of this little community. Uh, we are here on a Tuesday. I know that's very strange for a lot of people. Like, oh my God, why are we on a Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. We Here's the real thing. I booked people for Tuesday, but I booked them also for a Sunday. And then I was too embarrassed to go back to booking them on the Sunday. So we just went ahead and did Tuesdays. I think that's the best explanation uh, that one could possibly have, uh, fear. And, uh, but we will be back on Sunday, this Sunday. So essentially you're getting two shows in one week, baby. So we're gonna be back on this Sunday, the 26th, and we'll be, we will be here on Sunday, August, October 3rd, excuse me. We, we go forward in the months, October 3rd. After that, it's anybody's guess because I'm going on a couple of vacays, uh, you know, just, just taking a break from my not full-time job. And, uh, so I don't know, but, but I will stay tuned. We will try and do at least a once a week, but this Sunday we're going to have NATO green and my good friend Arun Gupta, who has been on the show before. We're talking all about 10 years since Occupy. So you don't want to miss this Sunday either. Uh, and remember y'all, this content is brought to you by you. That's right is brought to you by your super chats, is brought to you by your subscriptions on Twitch, uh, is brought to you by becoming a patron. And today, Jenna and I are doing Patreon-only content for 10, 15 minutes after this show. You can get access to that live or listen back. Uh, Patreon.com slash Bituation Room is where you can go to become a patron. Two bucks, five bucks, 10 bucks gets you that shout out. I know you want the shout out and we got a lot of patrons. I'm very excited. Thank you so much, everybody. Um, and 
if you don't already know, you as a podcaster, if you you have an entire stream as a patron just for you. So it's a separate RSS feed. If you've got questions, hit me up in the patreon.com uh, uh, inbox. I can explain that to y'all. Um, also, God, so many announcements. I'm so sorry. We, I know we have to do this month's AMA, and so I'm aiming for next uh, Tuesday the 28th, I believe that is. So a week from today, we'll do the AMA a day after the damage report, so stay tuned for that. That is for the top tier patrons only. Send me those questions. Inbox at patreon.com slash room or bitchiation at gmail.com. B-I-S-H-I-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. Send me your questions, all you wonderful people. And without further ado, let's get the fart song started. Thank you so much to everyone who became a patron. To the patrons at 10 bucks or more, Rick H., Rebecca B., Her Fierceness. That's all, just Her Fierceness. Drunken Meek, Keith I., and Mimi101. Thank you guys so much. You have no idea how much that means to me. Uh, for all the people who up their pledge, Ed V., Matt Gates on a white Ford Bronco. Thank you. That was really, really generous of you. You will not regret it, baby. And to the big tippers, Joseph L., we're not moving to Tuesdays. It was just today and last week and maybe more Tuesdays in the future, but otherwise it's a Sunday show. Does that make sense? Uh, to the Twitch subs, uh, thank you for resubscribing, Lizzie Nepon, Daniel McConkie, Thunderous Dragon, and thank you for subscribing, Pambon Jingo. That's a great name. You're all wonderful. You're all the sexiest people in the world. And with that, let's get into this. What are you bitching about today? Okay, I got a few things. Um, they're very light uh, and then heavy. And um, But where are the ants coming from? You know what I'm saying? Why are they everywhere? Why are they in the bathroom? There's no food in the bathroom. What are they snacking on? Why are they by this thing? Honestly, do I live on top of an ant farm? Where do they go in the winter? Do the earth's core? They're just on a long trip and then they come out to annoy me, just marching to the cat food? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And just because they put perfume on Raid, it doesn't mean that stuff is not toxic. And I, I use it. And it is, it eviscerates. I've never seen ants eviscerated by, by anything. But Raid, my God, it's bad. Anyway, the point is, I hate you, ants. I don't understand what purpose you serve. For, don't cancel me because I canceled ants, okay? Don't tweet about this. But yeah, fuck ants, okay? Yeah, I said it. That's right. I'm going to ant shame right now. Um, also, uh... F everyone who's not getting vaccinated. That's right. Uh, we've had the vaccine now for about six months, and it is time for you to go F yourself. Go to go somewhere else, honestly, because right now there are people being turned away for much-needed surgery, open-heart surgery, cancer treatment, bone marrow transplants, pregnancies, births. There are entire hospitals shutting down their maternity wards because they can't handle the number of patients because... The unvaccinated are filling ICUs. The unvaccinated are, are completely overrunning hospitals. Look, I don't blame individuals, but if you stack them all on top of one another, I'm going to blame a collective of misinformed sheeple. That's right, I said it. You're the sheeple. You're the sheeple. No backsees. No, I'm serious. I'm, 
it is it is not okay and i don't understand where our priorities lie that we are allowing you know what if your my dad had uh like actually is in remission now but he was able to uh, access his oncologist he went back into chemo in this time thank god his wife is like incredibly my stepmom is like in, like a huge advocate we know that in order to navigate this system um our healthcare system you need like an advocate in your corner but not everyone has that person not everyone can navigate the bureaucracy not everyone can bang down the door of their oncologist and be like no 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 you need to see me now because tumors are growing and yet we have reticent anti-vaxxers who are still getting sick and dying and then you know that is the hill they'll die on but in turn in turn and with them they're taking down a lot of people and so i'm um, honestly we asked in the last episode if you were a doctor in an icu or an emergency room would you refuse to treat the unvaccinated and i said yes i don't have any more sympathy because at this point you're you are wishing death and you're causing death among other people so I'm pissed off at that. I don't think it's okay. And obviously, part and parcel, the fact that we need a broader public health overhaul in this country. We do need Medicare for all. Uh, and, and this pandemic is proving it. The problem is we got to get out of the pandemic eventually. The last thing I'll say is you've got how many millions of vaccines going to waste a new report came out. 100 million vaccines are being wasted by the United States and the EU alone. A hundred million, I believe, doses, right? Meanwhile, how many of us know people in other countries who are like, well, I got my first dose, maybe, I, I guess. I got it with the, like, knockoff, knockoff, knockoff brand. Not that there's anything wrong with Sputnik. Don't hack me, Russia. I love you. Nothing but love. But anyway, uh, we, we, just so many vaccines wasted on the fucking worst people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm patriotic, but we're the worst people. Just the most entitled, misled fearful, you know, uh, trans fats, MFers. I'm sorry. Meanwhile, we want to sit around and complain that people are coming to this country in search of a better life. Maybe if there were more readily available vaccines, people would be back to work if there is work where people are, right? They wouldn't feel unsafe. You see how that works? That's a root cause for you. Biden is apparently getting serious about it. I haven't seen the proof. So not holding my breath, but in the meantime, honestly, I'm done. I'm done with these, these fools. Like, look, if you're going to be an anti-vaxxer, then, then take your ivermectin and stay at home. Just do it. Just get better at home. Don't expect people to save your lives if you're not willing to do your part to save other people's lives. This is a comedy show. Anyway, let's bring my guest. You've seen her on Conan, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and in the film Palm Springs. So good. Let me know if you can tell where she is in that. Although she looks like herself, so it's not really. Anyway, she's written for The Late Show with David Letterman, The Connors, and Borat 2. She was the creator and star of the show Soft Focus with Jenna Friedman on Adult Swim. And next month, you can catch her on her new show on Sundance TV called Indefensible with Jenna Friedman. Please welcome Jenna Friedman. Hi. Hi. It's so good to see you. <laughs> People don't know this, but uh, I did just see Jenna in person trying to set her up with a fancy microphone that didn't work. And I'm still mad. Still mad. Um, wow. But you sound and look wonderful. And I bring you to this show, Jenna, because number one, we're going to talk about Gabby Petito in the bonus episode because 
because of your new show on AMC Plus about uh, what, tell me what it's about before I bastardize what it's about. Well, just for context to everyone watching, female comedians have two um, options if they, if they want to make money, either talking about sex or murder. And so um, I uh, was making fun of the true crime industrial complex on Conan. And then the pandemic happened and AMC reached out and they're like, we're building out this true crime franchise. Would you want to approach this very popular genre from like a different perspective? And I was like, I don't know if it's possible. Um, mm -hmm. And then we, uh, we kind of developed something and we got very lucky in the pilot episode where I had an interview with a very interesting character um, he was an expert witness in this case a while ago and nice. he's, I don't want to, you'll, you'll have to see it, but that went really well. And, um, I mean, I, I and, think the show is going to be really talk interesting. About sex. I just want to talk about my pussy. <laughs> there is a little sex. No, <laughs> no. Um, but no, I think I'm, I'm, I'm proud of how the show is shaping up. It's a little bit out of my element. Yeah, but um, some of it is very much in my element too. Like I, I did a, I had a couple of interviews with interesting defense attorneys, um, and yeah, each case is about a different crime, but it's not true crime in the traditional sense. We kind of like um, zoom out and talk about like larger systemic issues that enable injustice to perpetuate. I that's I'm so glad you're here today because of, you know, Gabby Petito's remains and autopsy having just been done. And I want to ask you on the bonus how you would deal with that this case on your show. Um, but first, let's get into what are you bitching about? Jenna, what are you bitching about uh, today? I can't complain. But you know why? Because, OK, so yesterday um, I was coming back from a VO session and. Well, I don't need to tell you all the details. We all, whatever. But I got in an Uber because I still don't really drive in LA because even though I have a license, LA is terrifying driving wise. <laughs> and sorry, it was a Lyft, not an Uber. Right. And um, right when I got in, there were like some indicators that maybe the driver was anti-vax. Mm -hmm. White woman with a lot of like hemp. It never used to be that way. It just hemp jewelry. I'm just a little bit like, okay. <laughs> and um, she had, she didn't have a mask on. She had no mask on. So then I was like, could you put your mask on just, you know, a little bit, um, you know, it's like white woman to white woman. When we are mm -hmm. together, it's a uh, powerful combination. Sure. And I'm like, and then she's like, okay. So then her mask was a handkerchief and I get in and we go right around the block and I'm like, you're vaccinated. Right. And then she was like, you mean that thing that gives people COVID? And I was like, we're just, I'm, I'm okay. And so I, I'm like, this is my stop. And she's like, we haven't even turned. I'm like, it's fine. And so I get out and I thought I left my day planner in there, which no. I am still analog, um, mid thirties. And so, um, all of my like meetings and dates and everything are in this thing. And I thought I left it in her car, but then it turns out, I left it at the Trader Joe's. <laughs> Which I is a much better place to be and find your day planner well, than in her car. There's so much information in here that I don't <laughs> realize until it could fall in the hands of a crazy person. You know yeah. what I mean? Like all everything I've done all year. It's like more, it's like, you know, Instagram, but like I don't yeah. really Instagram as much. Now it's going like, to be just indefensible with... Uh, 
uh, Clara Me Johnston, the- you know, and you're like, who, what? Oh, yeah. Isn't this, she oh, just yeah. catfishes as you forever? You know, you're, her name was like Claire or something. Oh. You're not that far off. I mean, she's probably watching not, now. Not all Claire's. She has my schedule. <laughs> she's like, I'm going to find this bitch. Very good. I do find the, the bandana to be a little sus. I'm not going to lie. It's like, we're at a point where you should just put on a real mask. But good on you. I definitely would have been like, okay, just drive and I will not breathe, you know, or like open the windows and stick my head out like a dog. But like, that was the move. It doesn't matter. Two, she was the second Uber driver or Lyft driver actually that I asked. And there, and the, the first was like this, and I, it shouldn't be about, you know, skin color, but they're white people. The first was like a young guy who um, was from like Northern California, super nice guy. And then it, like towards the end of the ride. And I was like, can I just, can we go to, Right aid now and i'll pay for you to get the vaccine he's like you'll pay for it <laughs> yeah and i was like because it's free you fucking idiot maybe you shouldn't be in the gene pool <laughs> sorry it's just annoying so yeah i'm bitching it's about good that. to bitch you wait on uh we got to get into the week guys uh so many things happened uh it was a it was a great week uh this is the week where Prime Minister Justin Trudeau secured victory in the elections he called early in the middle of a pandemic, but he failed to get a parliamentary majority. Speaking of people who do blackface, a teacher in Oregon came to school in blackface to protest vaccine mandates, likening the rule to Jim Crow and the civil rights movement. She was put on administrative leave, ostensibly to learn about Jim Crow and the civil rights movement. Uh, A man at a gas station shot and killed a clerk who asked him to wear a mask. And guess what? It wasn't in the United States. Yes. <laughs> it was in Germany. So bad week for Merkel. Good week for America. Hashtag not all gun violence. And 25,000 Disney employees are suing the company over not paying a living wage because a dream is a wish your union makes. For everything else, this is the week where. So this was the week where Dr. Alan Braid of San Antonio, Texas, continued following the constitutional right for women to receive safe and accessible abortions. And therefore, uh, he kept performing them. And he wrote an entire op-ed about it. Um, So he writes in an opinion essay uh, published in the Washington Post on the headline, Why I Violated Texas's Extreme Abortion Ban. The Dr. Alan Braid, who's been performing abortions for more than 40 years, says he's performed one on September 6th for a woman who, although still in her first trimester, was beyond the state's new limit. I acted because I had a duty to care for this patient, as I do for all patients, and because she has a fundamental right to receive this care, Dr. Braid wrote. Quote, I fully understood there could be legal consequences, but I wanted to make sure that Texas didn't get away with its bid to prevent this blatantly unconstitutional law from being tested. So there you go. 40-year career of, you know, ostensibly saving many people's lives um, by terminating pregnancies and um, wanted to test this new, obviously draconian anti-abortion law. And like clockwork... Guess what happened? There was a lawsuit pretty immediately filed by a man named Oscar Wiley. The plaintiff 
is a felon serving a federal sentence at home in Arkansas with no connection to the abortion at, at issue. He said he filed the claim not because of strongly held views about reproductive rights, but in part because of the $10,000 he could receive if the lawsuit is successful. A second suit filed on Monday, just four paragraphs long, came from a man in Chicago who asked a state court to strike down the abortion law as invalid. So wait, we're suing to prove that it's invalid, but like, maybe I'll get $10,000 in the meantime. Um, I, this is bizarre. I have to keep telling you a little bit more about Oscar, the, this disbarred lawyer. Oscar uh, Wiley sounds like a, a drag king, by the way. <laughs> if I were a drag king, my name would be Oscar Wiley. Is it like Wild E, like like Wild E Coyote is like Oscar Wild E. I feel like it's like a play on Oscar Wilde or something. (laughs) That's the yes. That's exactly what it is. Um, So he he says he's eager to help test the law. I want a judgment on it. I like to get this established. Is this a valid enactment or is this garbage that needs to be thrown out? In his complaint, Stilly Stiley describes himself as a. It's not Wiley, I guess. Stiley describes himself as a disbarred and disgraced former Arkansas lawyer currently on home confinement from prison where he's 11 years and five months into a 15-year sentence for tax evasion and conspiracy. Stiley doesn't think he'll... Yeah, so... Stiley doesn't think he'll win the lawsuit. He doesn't know anyone who believes the Hart-Built law is constitutional and enforceable, even after the Supreme Court declined to act and let the law go into effect. His real target are the legislators. He says, I see what you guys are doing. Oscar's laying in wait for you. I'm coming. What? You're coming for them? You mean as soon as you can cash in on $10,000? Like, screw Bitcoin, okay? Women's bodies are the real modern-day gold rush. Uh, In financial trouble? Sue an abortion provider. Can't make payments on child support? Sue an abortion provider. What? So, Jenna, the one thing about this that I didn't understand was that anyone not just Texans can sue an abortion provider in Texas. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. But I also think, you know, um, the law is a little bit misrepresentative. Like you can still get an abortion in Texas. You just have to call it stand your ground. <laughs> yes. And you'll be able to do it, you know? So, yeah, exactly. I'm trying to, I was trying to figure out how to, how we arm the zygote but they don't, mm-hmm. they can't hold the gun because they're not, you know, humans. People. Yeah, they're not people. So that's a problem. Um, but it's also like so bizarre that they these two people actually ostensibly have nothing to do with like the cause. Like they're not part of like the Texas Right to Life Foundation. They're just trying to get money. They're just yeah. like, let me just see if I can, you know? It's hard to joke about this stuff when the hypocrisy is so pronounced, you know what I mean? And like, where are the right to life people? Oh, they're giving everybody COVID because they're also anti-vax. You know, it's like a really fun. <laughs> they're busy. In right now. They're busy killing kids with COVID. You know, <laughs> Too busy to save kids. Except in the case of COVID. Um, it, and it's crazy, right? So this week also on uh, the Supreme Court it announced that they're going to be hearing arguments in this Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, which effectively bans abortion, I believe, before 15 weeks. Um, And so, but it's like, but we've already got an abortion ban in Texas that has been upheld effectively at six weeks, right? So 
honestly, like, and, and everyone's like, oh, that's going to be Roe v. Wade. If the Supreme Court decides on that, that'll be the end of it. And that's true. But at this point, there's nothing preventing states from actually doing exactly what Texas did. Clearly not the Supreme Court. So it's kind of like everyone's waiting for like the other, like a when is Roe over? And it's like, it, it's pretty much. It doesn't being, have to be. It already is. Yeah, it already is. And people are acting like it is ridiculous um obviously october 2nd the women's march everybody find out where your local women's march is happening um jenna and i will be going as zygotes we Being just like, want to look i'm a just want to get cast in hollywood <laughs> you know what i mean i'm a zygote <laughs> i don't like to talk about my age i'm but... a cute little zygote i can definitely be in your rom-com <laughs> yeah i'm a size zero <laughs> zygote yeah co-star al pacino we're like the same age. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one more story for you. This was the week where just real uppers. This is the week where Border Patrol uh, got really into its fascist cosplay by reenacting slave patrols on Haitian migrants. Uh, mounted Border Patrol chased migrants out of a makeshift encampment in Del Rio, Texas. I'm sure you guys have seen some of the images. And like, if you had any question as to whether or not, nah, like these guys are just doing their jobs. You know, can we really blame them? They're following orders. Just watch and listen to some of this footage. Uh, this is from AJ Plus. So there's a little bit of like text on screen, um, but I wanted to play it for y'all. So Border Patrol are whipping migrants. He says, go back to Mexico. Hey, you use your women? This is why your country Because you use your women for this. Okay, so that was... Yelling at a, a woman. <laughs> that was a, border, a mounted Border Patrol agent yelling at a family saying... You use your women. I don't know what he's referring to, but it doesn't fucking matter because he's he's yelling at her saying, this is why your country is shit because you use your women. So as like as he's chasing migrants who are sensibly like looking for asylum. Remember, we're talking about Haiti, a country that's been ravaged by not only the assassination of a president, political instability, but the earthquake, which killed something like 2000 people. Uh like, this is what they're fleeing, and this dude's like, oh, no, no, I'm going to make a value judgment because you use your women. I mean, just utter racism, like unbridled racism. There's, a, there's an interview with one of the migrants. I wanted to play that. So there are about 15,000 migrants. He says, we're having a hard time. Our family sends us money. We have children, but we don't have diapers. Now I have to cross the Mexican side with wet money. So he's showing dollar bills. We don't have anything. We don't have anything to eat. I need help. Because there's a lot of kids. And they're only... They're leaving children alone, just imagine. So it sounds like he's saying that they're allowing, like, people without kids to come in because you know that Biden doesn't want to separate families from their uh, parents from their kids, which is good. Um, but 
it sounds like instead they're saying, all right, well, kids can stay on one side of the border in the Mexico side, but parents can come in unaccompanied. I mean, without their kids. Uh, obviously, look, the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that was unacceptable. She doesn't know what would motivate someone to behave like that. Uh, I know too much money and racism. That's easy. Uh, Border Patrol has like something. It's, that would it's, be a good solo show. <laughs> too much money, too and, much racism. money and racism. That's so many, yeah, like boomer comics uh, <laughs> specials. Um, Chuck Schumer, Senate leader or power sharing person, uh, condemned the move and said we need to offer migrants to apply for asylum. And he's asking for the Biden administration to end Title 42. And like Title 42, right, is this law that was implemented under the pandemic. Trump implemented it, which said you can turn away asylum seekers in cases of like a health crisis. So in this case, obviously COVID-19, a judge this week just gave the Biden administration two weeks to stop expelling families with children and asylum seekers saying it's not legal to keep on doing this under Title 42. Um Luckily, Jenna, though, uh, CBP's Office of Professional Responsibility has launched an investigation into the event. Um, which makes me feel about as good as someone telling me that the SS had an HR department. Like, yay. Oh, but they they made reforms. <laughs> like, what do you think they're going to find? And, and that's what I'm like. People are – I'm upset about the whips. And I understand that the alternative would have been like a taser or like a gun. Right? But like you've got all the money in the world and you're putting one guy with a cowboy hat on and a and – a, whip what why how is this year 2021 and like you know they've had the whip for a while so i'm just like or like the whips they got that with company money with like cbp money what are the whips for i don't know wrangling what humans uh okay final thoughts on this jenna <sighs> i don't know uh I, it's just horribly unscalable. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any jokes about it. There's not, there's nothing funny to say. It's just, it, no, yeah, it's, it's awful. Really sad. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, it, it's, it shouldn't be lost on anybody. I keep on thinking, you know, what if, what if these migrants, and I don't want to do a whataboutism or like com comparison, but you have to imagine if they were a different race, right? What if they were Cuban? What if they were sort of white, whiter, lighter skinned Cubans? Number one, fleeing communism, right? Which, you know, the right loves to rail on. Yeah. And number two, lighter skinned and- Blonde white girls. Blonde yeah, white bunch girls. Of blonde white a nation girls. of blonde white girls. Yes, yeah. just a nation of Melania Trumps. Just Slovenia, all, of, all the mm -hmm. pre-teen models from Slovenia trying to get in. And, they would uh, get in. They would be trafficked in and <laughs> be in like Trump, Trump teen America, Miss Teen USA. But that's really like the best business model for immigration and sex trafficking. Dude, so. by the way, this is a comedy show. <laughs> I'm sorry, people who don't know me who are like, who is this random no, lady? You're not random. You're a fucking star, man. I'm excited. I'm super excited for your new show. We're going to talk all about trafficking. No, I don't know. Um, no, but we we got to move to our sitch for the week. Obviously, this is, I, I'm like really, really excited to to have her here. Um, she is someone who has been a longtime organizer for restaurant workers. And uh, she has been leading the charge 
in terms of actually ending the idea of tipped wage work. Uh, and it's a radical idea, supposedly. Um, but let's get into it. She's an academic also at UC Berkeley and the president of One Fair Wage, a national organization to raise wages for service workers nationwide. She was named one of CNN's top 10 visionary women, a White House champion of change, a James Beard Foundation Leadership Award winner, and the San Francisco Chronicle Visionary of the Year. She's the author of Behind the Kitchen Door and Forked, a new standard for American dining, who has appeared on MSNBC, HBO, PBS, CBS, and CNN, and now TBR. Please welcome Saru Jayaraman. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you, Saru. Um, it's been a while since I've spoken with you and it's since the before the pandemic. And now I can only imagine that the case for tipped wage workers and ending the tipped wage is only stronger. But tell me, you know, how have restaurant workers been in this pandemic? Um, and are we hearing from them in ways that we haven't we hadn't before? Absolutely. It's been two years of crisis, um, extreme crisis that has led to extreme opportunity and power and hope. So I am very energized and hopeful. Um, listen, the, the, the restaurant industry was in crisis before the pandemic. We had the lowest wages of any industry, largely because of this ridiculous sub-minimum wage for tipped workers, which is still $2.13 at the federal level, still under $5 an hour in four out of five states in the U.S. Um, and it was, a, so it was a, leg a direct legacy of slavery and a source of sexual harassment for millions of women for generations prior to the pandemic, because you got an overwhelmingly female workforce of servers in mostly casual restaurants across the country, having to put up with all kinds of inappropriate customer behavior to feed their families and tips. Well, that situation was so exacerbated by the pandemic. With the pandemic, about 6 million restaurant workers lost their jobs. That's one in four Americans who lost their jobs was in the restaurant industry. And two thirds of them reported to us that they actually couldn't get unemployment insurance because in most states they were told that their sub minimum wage of two or three dollars was too low to qualify for benefits. So the ludicrousness of the current argument that, oh, people are lazy staying home collecting unemployment insurance. That's why they don't want to work in restaurants. It's ludicrous on many levels, but mm -hmm. the real irony is that these folks never even got it to begin with because in most states they were told you earn too little to get unemployment insurance. And that was a huge light bulb moment for millions of workers across the country. Wait a second. If the government is telling me I earn too little to get benefits, I probably earn too little and it's time <laughs> to walk away from these jobs. It's time to say I'm not going to work for two and three and four dollars anymore, you know, and have to live off the vagaries of tips. I'm just not going to do it anymore. Well, some people did go back last summer. They found that tips are way down because sales are down. And right. of course, customer hostility is through the roof. Health risks are way up. And worst of all, over half of all women said sexual harassment has gone way up. Mind you, we already have the highest rates of sexual harassment of any industry in the U.S. 
now women were reporting across the country that they were repeatedly asked, take off your mask so I can see how cute you are before I decide how much to tip you. Take off your mask so I can see the pretty face of my server before I decide how much I want to tip. Take off your mask. I want to stick my tongue down your throat. Take off your mask. Take off your mask. I mean, we heard it so pervasively. We ended up coining a phrase for it. We call it masculine harassment because it is it is the new it, it has turned this issue of a two dollar wage from being a ludicrous legacy of slavery source of racism and sexual harassment to now a matter of truly life or death you are asking a mostly female workforce to expose themselves and their children to the virus or the chance that you might like their face and give them a tip and that is why so many millions of workers have said as you said I'm done. I am done. I am leaving. We surveyed 3,000 workers who are left in the industry. 54% say they are leaving. 80% say the only thing that will make them come back is a full livable wage with tips on top. So the hope, the opportunity is we are seeing thousands of restaurants across the country raise their wages now, pay a full livable wage with tips on top. In Alabama, in Georgia, in Louisiana, we're seeing $15 offerings plus tips on top because guess what? They can't get workers to come back any other way. Right. Wow. You, that's a lot. Number one, misogynists, uh, you know, find a way, right? Exactly. They really, they're like dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. They will, exactly. they, through the pandemic, they will find a way to creep on you. And, uh, but, but secondly, you're saying that this narrative and the myth that like all these restaurant workers were paid to stay home is actually not true because in many states they were unable to qualify for those benefits. That's right. Most uh, two thirds of the 250,000 workers that came to us for a relief said they never got benefits because the states denied them saying your wage is too low. Then they said they were told, oh, you're eligible for federal, except what people didn't understand is that federal unemployment insurance comes through the state systems. And the states had already marked these people as a denial because their wages were too low. So they never got any unemployment insurance at all. And they were, they were like, I'm done with this industry, left yeah. to go to a different industry. Last year, said, I'm not coming back without a $15 wage with tips on top. And this year is when restaurants are finally being told by governors and mayors, you can reopen and finding out that what we said all along was true, people have left. And they're yeah. not coming back unless they raise the wage. And, and I, do, I just want to say one more thing. We tested this ridiculous argument. Okay, you're saying, let's cut unemployment insurance and see if everybody comes back. So we looked at five states where mm -hmm. they cut unemployment insurance prematurely. We found that even higher numbers, 54% of workers in most states said, I'm leaving the industry. 60% of workers in states that cut unemployment insurance said, I'm leaving the industry and I won't come back without a livable wage with tips on top. So the opposite of what they said is true. It's not people staying home, collecting unemployment insurance. It's people who've moved on to other yeah. industries. And what I find so incredible about that is, talk about... <laughs> my bitch <laughs> for so long for so long this industry has told these workers if you don't like it leave and so workers in the millions have said we don't like it and we're leaving and now yeah. they're being called lazy and you're staying home collecting it's 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 ridiculous and i'm so glad workers are finally standing up for themselves jenna i know you worked uh, as a bartender uh working for tips I, I, I was a server as well. I was a host because I'm a terrible server. Um, but the precarity, right? I mean, it's good when it's good. 
but that's it. It's good for the day that it's good. Okay, I get, I got the tips. Is there longevity? Yeah, if, as long as I stay and don't get sick. But there's, I mean, you're talking, Saru, about like a, a livable wage, um, a livable, like a livable wage. That's it. We're not even talking about like a, a, um, a retirement or any kind of fallback, right? Or an expanded, you know, time off. Just pay um, me, pay me like every other worker in every other industry. Why does this one industry get to not pay its own workers? It's literally called slavery when an employer gets free labor and doesn't get to pay their own workers. It's literally a legacy of slavery. Pay me, let the tips be on top of the wage as they were always intended to be a bonus or an extra. They were never meant to count against the wage. They were yeah. always supposed to be on top, but employers have gotten away with this for way too long and workers are done. And then to add insult to injury, you have the people at the highest levels getting tax breaks, getting government subsidies, exactly. getting like the small business loans, and it doesn't trickle down. And we've known this, you know, from Reaganomics, but it is, it really is the legacy of slavery, I think, that allows this kind of like wage disparity to to proliferate. It's really mm -hmm. awful. Employers yeah. got $28 billion in the COVID relief package and refused to, I mean, all of that was free money, no requirement to pay your workers any particular wage right. except $2 right. minimum wage. On top of that, they got employee retention tax credits, which covered almost 100% of labor costs. And they got all of their lost revenue plus all of their labor costs covered. Many employers told us 2020 was the banner year for them because they got so much relief from the federal government. Meanwhile, workers couldn't even get unemployment insurance. And now, now this is the insanity. They are put in this impossible situation. Now they're asked to be public health marshals enforcing social <laughs> distancing and getting vaccine cards from the very same customers they have to get tips from to get a wage and yes. getting punched and shot and, and beaten up for trying to enforce these rules when they know they have to get tips from those same customers. I didn't pull the video, but we've all seen the video of the hostess in New York being assaulted by, you know, tourists from Texas for asking about their vax card. And this is 100% right. And people look, uh, there's a lot of folks on the left who are like, I don't know, government oversight, you know, da, da, da. no, I want that because it is falling on service workers, retail workers, restaurant workers to, yeah, be these health inspectors. Like, number one. Uh, above the pay grade, dude. You know what I mean? Like, no, and you know, like not necessarily qualified. And number two, doing another job, like busy That's right. already. That's um, right. Yeah. yeah. But it's also dangerous because people, because COVID has been politicized and because science has been politicized, you have these like crazy people who it's not just that they're anti-vax, it's like part of their identity. So if you ask them about their vaccine card or their status, you're threatening their sense of self and identity in this very polarized climate. And it's a really dangerous position to have to be put in. Totally. And, and I think when you layer on top of that, these people are not even getting the minimum wage, right? They are supposed yeah. to get tips from the exact same people that they have to ask for vaccine cards from and ask to sit six feet apart. So what ends up happening in the end is a lot of workers have told us, I'm just not going to enforce the rules because I really need those tips. So look, mm -hmm. that doesn't just hurt the worker. That hurts all of us. If we really care about these public health rules, if we want COVID one day to end, 
we can't rely on workers who need tips from the same customers, like pay them, pay them already, pay yes. them a wage if you want them to actually be the ones to enforce these rules. I was going to ask you to explain, you know, before this, the pandemic, obviously the One Fair Wage campaign is working to try and eliminate, whether on a local level, statewide level, and eventually the federal federal level, the tipped, um, tipped wages. And so allowing to raise the minimum wage and basically eliminate, I mean, at least have that basis. But can you talk about the idea and the myth that like, oh, people would actually be making less money if there were no tips, right? And if you raise the minimum wage, which has been an excuse that I think even a lot of servers sort of tell themselves is like an excuse for like, all right, I'm going to keep doing this job because, you know, I'd rather be under the table, you know, than, than not. And I would be making minimum wage, which is not good, and et cetera. Yeah. So just to be extremely clear, what we are fighting for is a full livable minimum wage with tips on top. And, and I just want to share the history because I think it's so important. Look, tipping originated in feudal Europe where aristocrats and nobles gave tips or bonuses to serfs and vassals, but always on top of a full salary or wage. Imagine that. Serfs and vassals in feudal times got a full salary or wage and the tips were on top of that. That only changed in the U.S. because the restaurant industry hired black people at emancipation and didn't want to pay them a wage. And so actually replaced wages with tips. It was the first time tips were mutated from being on top of a wage to becoming the wage itself. So we're not fighting to get rid of tips. We're trying to go back to a time when tips were exactly what they were meant to be on top of a wage. And there right. are seven states that already do this. California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, Minnesota, Montana, and Alaska all require a full minimum wage for all workers. And tips have to be on top of that, not instead of that. And these seven states have higher restaurant industry sales per capita, higher job growth in the industry, higher small business growth rates. They lost fewer businesses during the pandemic. They have higher rates of tipping. So to your point, Francesca, people make a lot more money in these states than they do in the states with a subminimum wage because they get a full minimum wage from their boss. Plus, tips are better because guess what? When you pay workers a full minimum wage, they can afford to go out and eat. And we all know restaurant workers tip better when they eat out than other That's people because they know what it's yeah. like. So yes. it, it helps everybody. But, but maybe most importantly, you see far less poverty among servers and one half the rate of sexual harassment in these seven states as you do in the 43 states. Why? Because when you're in California, you get a full minimum wage from your boss. You're not as dependent on the tips. You get tips, but they're a bonus. You don't have to put up with the guy grabbing you because you can you can swat him away because you can count on a wage from your boss like mm -hmm. every other worker in every other industry. And so there's a power dynamic between servers and customers that is greatly reduced when workers can count on a wage from their boss. So what we're fighting for is what's in the Raise the Wage Act, which President Biden actually is 100% behind, which was introduced by Senator Sanders in the Senate and Bobby Scott in the House. It calls for a $15 minimum wage full elimination of the subminimum wage for tipped workers and workers with disabilities. So everybody's would get a full $15 with tips on top of that, which is what workers are demanding in this moment. Yeah. New York still has what? $4 an hour for restaurant workers. It's gone up because of us. Uh, it's $7 statewide and in New York city, it's $10, but it's still 66% of the wage. And, and listen, yeah. when you've got for a New York, Low. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you've got a majority female workforce, you are essentially telling 
women, you are worth two thirds of the wage, <laughs> you know, in New York, which is unacceptable. And in most of the country, these workers are worth like more like one third of the wage. So it's, it's a despicable system that allows employers to get away with essentially not paying their workers hardly anything, forcing us as customers to pay their workers wages for them. And I think this massive shift we're seeing is because, you know, workers have finally reached their end point. I know you said a lot of workers in the past thought, oh, I, I'd rather live on the tips. What workers are saying in this moment after living through the pandemic is tips are unreliable. We've come to yeah. see tips are completely unreliable. And what you have to put up with to get those tips is ridiculous. So unless we can be guaranteed a wage and the tips are on top of that, this industry just isn't going to work anymore. Absolutely. It's seen as such a... Um kind of like, for lack of a better term, like first world industry, everyone gets to go out and like, you know, go out to eat and restaurants and this and that. And it's like, you know, it's, it's a, it's an activity for those who have money and, and it runs on so much exploitation and it can be shut down in a heartbeat with something like a, you know, a, a national health emergency, a global pandemic, right? And or it's climate change. I mean, climate change is suddenly gone. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, well, that's, I guess what I'm saying is like something so prestigious running on so much exploitation is like very, there's a lot of dissonance there. And so I'm glad, tell me the name of the act again. The Raise the Wage Act is moving through Congress and we need everybody's help to push it. And we also, if you take a look at the report we just put out yesterday, where we've documented 1,600 restaurants around the country that are now paying a full livable wage with tips on top. We need everybody who eats out to go tell your employee that the managers and owners at the restaurants, I want to make sure you're not just paying a full wage now, but you're going to keep paying it. Because I think a lot of these employers think, oh, I'll pay 15 with tips right now, hoping to go back to two and $3 next year. They think it's like how I just get people to come back. And we as customers have to say, no, no. We as customers demand that our tips are on top of the wage, not yeah. against workers' wages. <sighs> Amazing. Saru, thank you so much for uh, breaking that all down. Um, we have one final segment. Will you stick with us for just a little a little mini awesome yeah 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 uh before we do that i lied because i'm just gonna go to some comments here from all the wonderful beautiful sexiest people in the comment section uh half on youtube on abortion says just say the fetus is a communist it's a good workaround half i like it uh reiki dragon on youtube save the zygotes they're matt gates's next prom dates <laughs> Uh, jerry on youtube on the border says we expected to see horsemen under reagan but under biden Honestly, like, look at what's being done with it. They have too much money. It's just, just defund, defund, baby. Uh, little Mac McGee, it's Franny. Hi. And yes, whips are for BDSM sessions only, people. Thank you for the reminder. And on workers, Eddie Mac says on YouTube, I worked as a cook for 15 years. The females that worked in the front were harassed constantly. If they complained, they lost shifts or were fired. I've never seen a more, more employee turnover as a restaurant as restaurant work. Absolutely. Uh, for the MSNBC special I did, I spoke to a, uh, a, like a, a restaurant owner who had like 15 staff members, 20 staff. And she was all for healthcare, Medicare for all on, on a, a statewide level. Cause she was like, I, if New York has, you know, healthcare, 
for all, I don't have as much turnover. I can keep people because they're not going to find a more stable job. So like it is all part of this progressive push in this country, not only to raise the minimum wage, but to provide health care and stability. Um, Moondragon, thank you for the super chat. Oh, says made it. Love your show. Wages continue to rise in Portland where there is no tipped wage. There you go. I was wondering about Portland because I just came from there. And thank you to Robert and Joe Elizia Lecchio. I've totally butchered that. Johnson. Oh, there's two names. Trista LaCour and, of course, Moondragon. And to the Twitch subs, fat guy named Tiny for the sixth month in a row. And Hippie Spot and Thrice Three. Thank you so much. Means a lot. Uh, and with that final segment, everybody, everyone get involved. This is group participation. So uh, a expert panel of scientists that advised the FDA said no go on the third shot for everyone when it comes to the vaccine. So no boosters for everybody, which I feel like somewhere my like four-year-old self is very excited about because booster shots were just associated with like the most pain I could ever remember in my life. Like booster, ah! you know, like anyway, but uh, 65 and older, actually, there is a recommendation to get uh, the third shot, at least a Pfizer, I don't know, Moderna's trying, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. The question is this. Other than COVID-19, if you could have a booster shot to boost anything in your life, in the world, but mostly about you, what would your booster shot be? What do you want more of? This is Boosters. <laughs> uh, all right. I'll go first. I want a booster shot of napping and the ability to nap. Nato Green, who's on the show, regularly said that his superpower is that he can take like six-minute power naps, and I'm so jealous of that. I do not get enough sleep. I get songs in my head, and they're just like, you know, don't believe me, John Watch, don't believe me, and all night, <laughs> Jenna, right? Can you imagine just Bruno Mars like, you're not going to go to sleep. You're not going to sleep. You know, just like, so I want a booster shot of, I don't know, um, what is it? What's the thing that melatonin maybe, but that doesn't even work. Um, all Y'all know I have a t tough time sleeping. Uh, also cooking skills. I want a little booster shot of making better food. Like I'm okay. But if I were just more like... I'll just throw something together and it'll taste amazing. Like that level. Like I want, I want to, I want that. Um, Jenna, what do you want a booster shot of? Um, I would like a booster shot of my early thirties just to relive those because you're, if there are any women or girls, which I guess are women under 30 on this <laughs> live stream, I don't know what they're called. I'm, I'm over 35. But um, it's, there's this thing, what happens when we age, and a lot of people don't know because there's a lot of propaganda around this, but women just get better as we get older, especially <laughs> if we don't have kids, then we just don't look old. You know, like I think children age you and I'm at that age where everyone in my family wants me to have a kid. So my other booster would be to have like a, I don't want to get a surrogate because that feels like a handmade and it's expensive and problematic but like a booster of like maybe like science creating an artificial womb that doesn't cause reactive attachment disorder in the child so i don't yes. know i'm just doing a, a bit those are my boosters i like that it's I, I have a peter pan syndrome that's what's happening here i think we need to create the deuteris i said this on news broke years ago but like a deuteris Perfect. for men to be able to gestate life 
I feel like Matt would do that. He'd be really into it. Oh, he'd be into a, the deuterus for sure. Um, Saru, who is a proud mom. Well, and you don't look it. Looking look so, yeah. fly, like, for the record. <laughs> Thank you. What do you want a booster of? Oh, I hope I don't piss a lot of people off, but I would like a booster of patience in uh, dealing or listening to people, often white men who uh, want to mansplain or, um, you know, tell me how, tell me things I already know, or tell me how to do my job better. Um, I, you know, it's got to be such a strategic booster where it gives me, lets me breathe and gives me patience and Zen, but doesn't diminish my rage. Cause I think rage is a good thing. Rage <laughs> and outrage fuel movements. And so I think it's important, but not to the point where I like you, Francesca cannot sleep because right. I'm up at night, like angry or like cogitating, like enough, let me relax, but let's keep fighting. That's what I want. A booster. You know, it's funny because what I think that booster is, is like a little bit of testosterone, <laughs> which is basically just, no, I'm sorry, but it's like, it's a, it's a very, and you know, it's not just men, but like, it's a socialized male thing to be like calm and able to take a lot of the crap, but then still not be totally unwavered in your own beliefs. Like I hear all the stuff you're saying, and I, I still have my belief. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, there's so, like, you know, the patriarchy really works out for, you know, helping the confidence. And you're like that. Why do I, you don't get bothered by stuff. Cause That's you're the man. Right. You gotta be right. So um, don't cancel me people. Um, what are we saying? Uh, from the comments, Xanax, which I feel like Saru was kind of saying, but I feel like Xanax doesn't put you in the fighting mood. You know, I think once I had half a Xanax and I was like, everything's great. <laughs> <laughs> Why was I mad before? Uh, uh, no disrespect to people who need it all the time, but of course it's become a little recreational. Um, oh, I sound like a boomer. Uh, a shot to make you taller and have a bigger dick. Tight. Uh, Julia Child's recipes implanted. I like that a lot. Just a booster. Like me, me, me. I'm like the T terminate, like the T2 of like cooking. Like you've got it all right there. I'd like that. Uh, booster shot of motivation. Mm, I feel that. It's hard. It's hard. 2021 is harder than 2020 in my opinion. Uh, and empathy, a booster shot of empathy. Yes, me too, for the anti-vaxxers especially. And thank you so much, Virtue Ethics. Keep reading uh, for your uh, your booster, for your super chat. All the boosters in the chat. I say I Where need empathy for the gallery. I like these guys. <laughs> I'm reading the comments. <laughs> oh, the, right. Fran, the Fran Tifa is the best. Uh, we support and we hold one another. And uh, yeah. We're awesome. Also, Saru, thank you for joining us. Tell thank us where you can we can find your work, get involved. Yeah, please go to www one fair wage. You see it on the screen, onefairwage.com. You can click on take action and contact your legislators, communicate with employers. There's so much you can do. And I also wanted to let everybody know that I have a new book coming out also at the end of October called One Fair Wage, Ending Subminimum Pay in America. And you can already start ordering it, I believe, but uh, you'll see it on my Twitter and on the website if you want to 
check it out. We'll be doing book events all over the country and wanting people to join us in telling Congress enough is enough. Stop listening to the trade lobbyists. Start listening to the people. We need to pay people a livable wage. And also telling employers, I want to come here if you pay people $15 with tips on top. Mm, yes. Far, yeah. Follow Saru at Saru Jayaraman on Twitter. And yes, onefairwage.com. And thank you so much. Take very good care, Saru. It's so good to see you, you after all this time. You Thanks for having Thank me. You. you all. All right. Take care. And Jenna Freeman, you're going to come back in just a little bit for our bonus episode. But where can the good people who have not yet become patrons, but where can they find your work? Um, I've got a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Some of it's old. Um, <laughs> I'm on Twitter. I have a show that's like my passion project. It's called Soft Focus. That's also now on YouTube. It was on Adult Swim. And it's, I think, so I love it. Yeah, it's so funny. It was like just getting to like it, kind of fuck with gamers and stuff in the best way. It's my target. Gamers are my target demo. I love all the death threats. It keeps me on my toes. Um, we are on then, Twitch, but if you guys haven't seen the Soft Focus sketch uh, where Jenna uh, al allows gamers to understand what it's like to be sexually harassed by giving them sort of virtual uh, sexual harassment, please watch it. It's hilarious. And she does we, a great yeah, job. Yeah, we gamified sexual harassment. It was pretty fun. <laughs> and they were all sweethearts about it. Um <laughs> And then the show on AMC Plus, it drops, whatever. I don't know what happens with streaming, drops. but it's on um, October 14th. There are six episodes and they're all, they're all nuts. And it's really <laughs> sad and dark, but there are some funny elements and there's some uh, moments where I was like, I don't know how to be funny. So I got some good journalistic moments, even though I'm not a journalist, I just play one on. TV. Me too. Um, or correspondence. Yeah, it, yeah. So yeah. A nice workaround. Hosts. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm really proud of that show. Um, it's it, it was intense, but I think it's cool. Oh, I, I'm yeah. really excited for it. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts on this entire Gabby Petito story and, and all the dis discourse around that. So stay tuned, y'all. Hop over to patreon.com slash room to hear Jenna and I sound off on that or listen back. But Take very good care for now, Jenna, and see you soon. And thank you guys for being here. Remember, this show has merchandise. That's right. It's 100% union made. Uh, it is locally sourced. It is uh, was was sewn by uh, field mice who were paid uh, $25 an hour and fed nothing but organic carrots and little baby lettuce and very, very adorable. And they made this beautiful stuff. There are shirts that say they have the logo, the Bituation Room. They, we've got the Frantifa shirts. We got Bituation Room tote bags. And you can go to bituationroom.com to get yours. Take a picture of yourself in it. Show me. Let me know, uh, you know, how it looks, how it feels. I'm down for feedback. I hope you guys are enjoying your uh, merch for those who got it. And for those of you who are 20 buck patron patrons or more after three months, you will get a piece of merch. So if I haven't gotten to you, I will get to you. And just thanks everybody for being here. Thank you to the producers, Becca Rufer, Maximilian Inhoff, Ellie Hoffman in the chat, uh, Alexandra Orness, uh, to Cody and to Rosalie who helped me edit and catch us this Sunday. This coming Sunday, 926, once again, we're talking about Occupy. And until then, fight the power, fuck the patriarchy, and don't just bitch about it. 
be about it later.